Welcome back to another episode of Twink Talks, hosted by myself, Rebecca, and myself, Rachel. We have a special guest in today's show. You may know him from America's Got Talent, season 10, as The Hypnotist. His name is Chris Jones. If you want to find out more about his journey on AGT, then keep on listening. Okay, so based on our research that we both did, you're a hypnotist who was on America's Got Talent, Steve Harvey, and The Late Late Show with um, Lily Singh, but you were always a hypnotist. How did you, and like, why did you become a hypnotist? That's a good question. Yeah, for the last 12 years, I've been a professional hypnotist. I started as a magician, and like, I started uh, like with a hat out on the beach doing card tricks and then I, I worked my way up to doing magic at tables at restaurants like Applebee's and diners and you know making two three five dollars just performing for a table and then a birthday party here and then when I was done with grad school I wrote my thesis on hypnosis and I said let me give this a try and I wrote to an agency they said uh you you seem okay we'll book you and if you're not good you're fired <laughs> and they booked me like five, six shows. And I, I said, I can't do two jobs at once. Like I worked at a university and I said, it's not fair to the students. So I, I moved all my stuff into my dad's house. And that was 2011. So it's it's been a few years now. Did you want to become a hypnotist? Was like this you, you always wanted to do? Or were you like, say, wanted to do like, I don't know, in the medical field or something else? Oh, I mean, I changed my major um, six times in college. Like, you know, I'm 35 and I don't know what I want to be, you know? <laughs> um, no, I wanted either. to be a magician. I wanted to to have, you know, I loved magic, but I see. I remember seeing a hypnotist and I remember my, my heart like separated from loving magic so much to loving hypnosis. And, you know, I, I regret nothing. Like, it's, it's been a very interesting, very fun journey. Mm -hmm. For anyone who doesn't know, what is hypnosis? Good question. Hypnosis, people give you different opinions and different um, theories. It's the, your natural body's ability to focus on one thing, to get tunnel vision. And when you have that tunnel vision, you're in this type of zone. You can self-hypnosis. You can self-hypnotize and you know improve your life in some way shape or other or you have a hypnotist um, give you encouragement do this do that things you didn't think you could do and then finally you could just hypnotize someone on stage make them think their belt is a snake or uh, in my case i'm wearing a glove you can shake my hand howie mandel mm -hmm. and uh, then you you make a hundred dollar per diem it's pretty cool so can anyone be hypnotized? Because I fully believe in hypnotists. Uh, that one over there doesn't. So. Okay. And, and that's okay. Uh, I like to argue ideas. I don't like arguing with people because, you know, we could be friends. We don't have to be, but I'd rather point out an idea is silly rather than point and say a person is silly. And I, I, I fully, I could be wrong, you know? <laughs> the whole world might be playing a trick on me. Uh, so Rebecca, what's your thought process? What are you thinking? Like when you hypnotize Howie, I believe that. Yeah. Because he, I know how OCD is. So I believe that he didn't know he was wearing a glove. But then I was watching you with Lily Singh and I kind of didn't believe it because I feel okay. like it was staged. Okay, I understand. Because I never know what is online. Yeah, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. Uh, I have a friend who's a hypnotist who, tangent, but I hope you're okay with that. He, okay. he told me, he said, hey, I just shot a commercial for, um, a, 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 not a makeup, but it, it clears up your complexion. And mm -hmm. he sent me photos and he had like horrible acne. I was like, dude, like, did your face break out? And he goes, no, they add acne to someone who looks good and then they remove it and say typical results may vary. Mm -hmm. So I get it. The product could work. Having said that, um, it, it's good to, to question things. Mm -hmm. I like to say on stage, uh, challenge me, 
question things, but be willing to change your opinion based on more information. Mm -hmm. See, for me, like I've been obsessed. I don't know if you know who Zach Pinsons is. He's also a hypnotist. I've been obsessed with him and, you know, I believe in it. But ever since I saw, showed Rebecca the videos, it's kind of like, okay, why don't you believe in the sense of that? Like, how do you change people's mind into like somewhat believing it? I don't mind because we, I have this as a magician. Okay. Here's a poker chip. It disappears. It's gone. Enough time has passed. It must be in your other hand. If I do this and say, I didn't drop it. You're like, all right, maybe you did. Mm -hmm. it could be here. We have this theory in magic. If you're not being chased, don't run. Mm -hmm. So I could sit in this chair and answer any question you want about hypnosis. But if I said, okay, it's gone. The first thought you might have is, well, let me see. Right. No, yeah. I can't. But if you're like, well, give me an example of someone who's been hypnotized. And I can go, okay. Uh, for athletics, I got you. Oh, let's do this. Hold <laughs> on to your horses. Are people going to watch this or is this just all? Hey, we might. Yeah. So I have a suitcase here and it honestly weighs 70 pounds. And half of it is books on hypnosis. The other half is people who got hypnotized to be better athletes. So I'm going to point this towards you too. Do you have a favorite sport by chance? Not soccer. Mostly soccer. Soccer? Okay. So like what they would say, football, you know, right? Mm -hmm. European football, South American football. I, and uh, let's just say hypothetically, uh, I went to a hospital and saw a woman giving birth and was like, hey, would you like to be hypnotized so there's no pain? It might not work, but I could say, look at this book. This is the Handbook for Medical and Psychological Hypnosis. So these are, this. look at this thickness. And like, it's not by a shrub. Like these are by doctors and it's peer reviewed. And so I'm real fast just gonna go through the contents. And it goes the history of medical psychological hypnosis the neurophysiology of hypnosis. We see what part of your brain is firing up when you're hypnotized. Mm -hmm. So it's totally okay to be like, oh, it's on TV. I don't think it's real. But if I put you into a machine, it's literally like a lie detector test. And I can see if you're hypnotized or not. And then if you see a woman giving birth and there's no pills or shots and she's just breathing the baby out, it's it seems more logical that it is real, genuine than they're playing along. Yeah. So what do you do if someone doesn't get into that hypnotic state? Like, do you try something different? That happened to me last week. Like, literally, if today is Wednesday, on Thursday, I had a show for 12 people. And they were very religious. They were Orthodox Jewish men. Now, if you're familiar with Orthodox Jewish men, uh, they only touch... Other men, they don't touch single or married women. Mm -hmm. Same with the women. Like I did a show once for Orthodox young ladies and I had a pencil and I would tap them to hypnotize them. No physical contact outside of with their family. Uh, no, None of the men got hypnotized. And the lady's like, I hired you. What happened? And I said, I get 10% of an audience. I thought I had one person. It didn't work. You know, I was looking for one person. It didn't work. And so I'll give you $100 back, but you still got to pay for my time. Yeah. The next day I got two people out of 100. It's fine. I had a really good show. And then the third day, that was Saturday, I did a graduation that I can share with you all. And uh, out of 300 people, I got 20 people hypnotized. And they kept getting hypnotized in the audience, which was pretty mm -hmm. cool. That's like, why you see on shows, they don't show everything because you can get still hypnotized. I can't do hypnosis over the radio because someone could get hypnotized while driving. Mm -hmm. I can't perform in Germany because you have to take a written ethics test on hypnosis before you can do it there. Uh, finally, for the U.S., I can't do a show for active service members because they're privy to information we should not know as civilians. Mm -hmm. And they're taught you act and then you can 
report, but you shouldn't question, you should act first. And so I, I can't do shows for people in the military. Well, that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So again, it's it's like, uh, Chris, I think the poker chips in your other hand. I'm like, no, open it. I can't. Don't worry about it. But, you know, I have all this, this cool stuff going so far back. I mean, if you take a typical psychology book, I'll shut up on this. You take a typical <laughs> a college psychology book and, and just look up hypnosis. Like each one of these little tags I have, and I like hypnosis, information and memory. Like under hypnosis, a bus driver recalled a license plate number for kidnappers on a van. So this is 1976. They solved a crime by hypnotizing the bus driver, and he remembered the license plate. I couldn't do it without it. So how does someone feel when they're under this, like under being hypnotized? Like how does good, someone feel? Good question. Everyone's a little different. I, I see the consensus as they feel like they knew what they were doing, but they kind of felt like they were drunk or like they had smoked some weed, some cannabis. Uh, that's usually what I hear. So you know what you're doing. Like I can't say murder someone and you do it if you wouldn't. But I could say, you know, uh, forget your name. And then you could say, I know it, like it's there. I just, I can't say it. Mm-hmm. So you can just easily snap out of it if you, you really want it to. That's everything. If you think about it, like um, if someone, like Rebecca, I could hypnotize you without you knowing it. Mm-hmm. I don't do that to people. But at some point you would say, wait, I snapped out of it. Or like that felt weird. I, you know, maybe I did appreciate that. Maybe I didn't. But at some point, like Howie Mandel, he he doesn't shake hands with people to this day. Mm-hmm. But for that moment of hypnosis, for those, I was on stage for like thirty minutes. He was doing it. So yeah, so we actually saw that season. We've been we were huge fans of America's Got Talent, and we've been watching for a very long time. And when I saw that you said yes to this, I was like, wait. Did we watch him on the season of Marissa Town? It was like so yeah. cool and amazing to see like someone from that show is able to do this with us. And we're not like that huge of like into podcasts or anything, but I just want to say thank you for. Like, I love podcasts. No, I, this is wonderful. I, I, you know, you turn on the TV to kind of turn off your brain and to, to space out a little bit, maybe have something to talk to your friends about a, a show you enjoy, but I, I love I talk too much. I love sharing <laughs> ideas and listening to people. Um, I can't walk there, my dog without I can't, I can't. I can't live without podcasts. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Is there um, a reason why you auditioned for AGC? That's a good question. It wasn't for a celebrity. I literally just wanted to do it because I thought it was cool. Apparently, I'm the only hypnotist spin on America's Got Talent, to my knowledge. That is true. I just did it because it, it sounded like fun. And when you do a TV show like that, they say, um, we want to see what you're going to do. So give us, give us, you know, first, second, third round. And um, I was like, I'll have, hypnotize Howie Mandel to shake my hand. I will get um, Mel B to perform and sing and dance because she's a Spice Girl. Mm-hmm. Spice girl. And um, I was going to make Michael Buble unable to talk or sing. Yeah, that's yeah. where I was like, but you didn't end up doing that. Were you like sad about it? Like, how did you feel in that mm-hmm. moment when he oh, did it? At that moment, I was furious. I was so mad at Mike Buble. Since I can tell on your face. Yeah. It was something, yeah. I was so angry. Now I don't care. Like, it's funny. My sister, my older sister, um, she's so protective of me. Like, I bought some Michael Buble wine because he has his own wine. I, I had it in the refrigerator. And I came home to, to like grab it to watch America's Got Talent. Like, hey, I'm a good sport. And she used a fork and like stabbed out his face on the carton. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And she's like, no one does that to my baby brother. And I'm like, no one does it except for him. And it's okay. Let it go. It'll be Well, fun. that's where it comes back to where not like many people can be hypnotized. Like you, you were going into thinking like, okay, they'll get hypnotized. But he ended up not doing it. Yeah. Uh, I like to say 10%, 15% of an audience, but uh, your odds improve if the person wants to be hypnotized. Like if I said, Rachel, uh, uh, you know, 
I'm going to hypnotize you. And you're like, no, thanks. And I'm like, oh, you're going to get hypnotized. You could just hit end. And then mm -hmm. I'm just talking to my basement. <laughs> you, you have free will and control of yourself. So. So when you had that four yeses, what did you feel like after, like when you got off stage, like, how did you feel? Oh, I, was I know you were in front of an audience. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, I was floating. I was so happy. Like, the crew was shaking my hand and high-fiving me. Like the people holding the cameras and the microphone and they're like, dude. And I was like, I know, right? <laughs> I know. Because if, if you put into words, I shook hands with someone, which isn't amazing. And that person shook hands with people, which isn't amazing. But I, I took a gamble and that part, I think they respected. Because uh, it, it might not have worked. Like how he might have been like, no, thank you. I've been on shows. I did Penn and Teller fool us where, you know, Penn and Teller from Vegas, they, they have magicians on. And I tried to hypnotize Teller into talking because Teller doesn't talk. Mm -hmm. And I did my whole hypnosis thing. And I was like, Teller, is there anything you want to say? And he just goes like, I was like, I'll try one more time real fast. Give me 30 seconds. Eh. Anything you want to say? And he goes, and they go back to the seat. And I tried to be as transparent as possible. I was like, to the audience, we know Teller can talk. I'm not curing him because you'll get all these messages of the hypnotist. People, people want you to cure them of this, that, and it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. I can help you over an obstacle, but if your car will not start, I can't help you over the speed bump as an analogy. So if like Rebecca doesn't want to be hypnotized, you can't just hypnotize her because she's not, she's not willing to do it in a sense. I, I think it's, it's three things for someone to be hypnotized. Trust, time together and rapport so uh, if we're talking long enough and you trust me you could get hypnotized that's what it is so if you had the chance to go back and rebecca, i'm not gonna do it like i saw your eyes you're like <laughs> we're doing this i'm not letting him no it's just i don't know i don't know yeah Rebecca, I don't know is a good answer, and I like that answer. There's a lot of people who say, this is this, and I'm like, no, you don't know. Like if I asked you what's in my wallet, and you say, I don't know, that's correct. Mm -hmm. That's correct. I don't know is acceptable an answer. Like I, I do this thing, and I say to someone in the audience, I bet you I have a $500 bill in my wallet right now. And then I sweeten the deal, and I'm like, if I can't produce a $500 bill, I will give you a hundred dollars, but if I can, you have to give me 20. And now everyone's like, Ooh, yeah, there's no, and they're like, wait, wait, what about monopoly money? And I go, no, no, no. Legal tender. I have a $500 bill in my wallet right now. If I can't produce it, I give you a hundred. And if I can, you give me a 20. And I did this at a post prom and the kid's like, all right, I'll take the shake on it. Shake. And I go, give me your 20. And I pull out a $500 bill from Jamaica. Uh, uh. And of course, it's so obvious in hindsight, but I'm like, look, people, there's 206 countries on the planet. Like, you didn't specifically I, say which one. I didn't say which one. And think, like, and I do that because, like, the money in Canada, for example, has Braille on it. Mm -hmm. How inclusive is that? Yes, it's waterproof, which is practical. Yes, you know, you can't tear it. But it's also saying, hey, if you can't see or you might have a disability, you should still feel wanted and encouraged. And I do the Jamaican bill because I'm like, look, maybe you've never seen a black person on money before. Hmm. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah, true. Sure. But, you know. You Would you chance. audition again if you had the chance? <sighs> I've pitched an idea before, but, uh, you, you know, I, I don't think they, I, I can't speak for them. I don't know if, I mean, Howie Mandel's shook hands in the show since they had people in like a green suit and it was a virtual reality thing. And he had to save someone's life and, and he helped the person off the cliff. And I was like, yeah, that, that took a lot of work for that one thing. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to... Prepare. prepare for an audition? Um, that's a great question. 
I had the idea in my head for a while. The day before I auditioned, I went for like a 30 minute run. And like in my run, I rehearsed what I was going to do. And it's kind of what happened. Yes. At some point, Heidi Klum goes, can you just snap your fingers and make it permanent? Because the idea was I was just going to shake his hand. And that was the trick. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's 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 get the judges involved. So it's it's snowballed and it was nice. So how you, I don't know if you, this is what you said earlier, but how long was your actual audition on stage? Because I know it's only 90 seconds, but like how long was the whole thing? I bombed in Winston-Salem. So here's a secret about America's Got Talent and some, some shows. If they want you, they find you on YouTube, yes. TikTok, whatever, and they say, hey, we want you to audition. So I got a bracelet and I got to skip the line. My buddy sung, who's a beatboxer, sung beats. He, bless his heart, stood in line in New York and he held it out and he waited and he, I think he spent seven, six hours in line. Kudos to him. Now, and they said, here's a bracelet. I, I did in Winston-Salem. It didn't go great. I bombed. And I was like, wait, sorry. A few months passed. I licked my wounds and I said, hey, America's got talent. Let me try one more time. They said, we're in Chicago. And I said, I'm going to be there. And I tried again. It went pretty well. And they said, okay, we're going to move you forward. The next time you'll be in New York. So you signed a big contract and um, they flew me to New York, waiting backstage. I meet other performers. I'm nervous. I'm next to a professional uh, cuddler, Sam, <laughs> uh, who's a very cool person who's, I swear my life, like cuddling me backstage, like, <laughs> feel safe. Is it okay if I cut you like this? Mike, you can cuddle me like this. Okay. And then I, I went out there and uh, yeah, that was. 2016 i think so that was 2015 like feb uh, um december i think maybe november and they said don't tell anyone what happened and then they aired in may so for five months i was keeping it to myself i only told my dad because they're like you tell you go through that like not telling anyone i got to tell my dad so that was cool and at one point i was like so like don't tell anyone they had me in the commercial and I was like, I think it's okay to tell people. I'm <laughs> like, I, I, as much as I had a TV show where I, I would prank people on Facebook, I don't like pranks. I don't, unless the prank is something really sweet, like, oh no, your car is gone and we got you a new one. I don't like pranks. How did the pandemic um, affect your hypnosis and all that? I've been doing shows over Zoom. I kid you not. I've been doing shows over Zoom, over Google Meets, uh, and I've been performing with a mask in person, socially distanced audiences. I had a few shows where I was outdoors and we didn't have to wear a mask, but I did a show in Alaska. I flew in. They had to test you as soon as you land in Alaska because mm -hmm. Alaska had like less than 100 cases because they share the border with Canada and Canada's yeah. Look, if you're bringing people in and out, they have to get tested. That's all there is to it. So it's just a fascinating thing. Is there a city you like to, to visit that you performed in? That you, or you haven't performed at yet? Uh, we. That's a good question. Uh, I did a show in Tokyo, and that was super cool. My brother is in Tokyo right now, and I want to see him again. Uh, but... Not so much. I mean, I want to go everywhere. Like, I want to go to Egypt. I want to go to Morocco. Um, I want to go to Mexico. Especially, yeah, I want to go everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So the, all the shows that you've been on, besides America That Town, what was your favorite show? Because mine was, um, which was funny, because yesterday I watched the one you were on Lily Singh, and then yeah. you did on Instagram a picture of it. And I'm like, that's kind of creepy that you did that. <laughs> Interesting. So uh, I'm so many things to unpack there. I don't have a favorite show. Uh, you know, I, I just, it's all just kind of a wonderful blur. Mm -hmm. Like I got to meet Gabriel Iglesias, which was cool. And not only that, like I got to perform in his like second home where he collects cars and I got to introduce him to his favorite fans, which was really, really fun. Um, my wife and I, I performed um, for the Utah Jazz, and 
um, Los Angeles Lakers. And like I performed the halftime show and like she got to be on the court with me. And then when the, I, I was done, we got to just enjoy Utah and we got to watch the game. So cool stuff like that. Uh, th- yeah. The only bad parts will be traveling alone. Traveling alone is not a lot of fun. Uh, you'll find yourself in your car and you're driving five, six hours and, and it just feels like you're, you're like trapped in metal. You're like, I don't want to be here. Other than that, if you're with people and good people, it's a pretty great job. Um, so I heard, saw that you're going on tour yeah. this fall. Where I'm not going to say they list everything because that's on your social media, but what are some places that you're going to? Oh, boy. So uh, I'm still doing a lot of colleges. I do a corporate show every now and then. But um, West Georgia, I'm going to Iowa State, Slippery Rock, Trine University. I've been at Drake University. This will be the 11th year. The only thing that stopped it was the COVID. Yeah. Even then, like they, they were very sweet. They had me virtually. So Drake University's had me. I think it's really just because I look like Drake. Like, Drake University likes Drake. They, they're like, have you met him yet? I'm like, I haven't met him yet. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I would know if I met Drake. Is there a celebrity, your favorite celebrity that you want to hypnotize? Hypnotize? Sorry. No, you're good. I want to meet Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. I don't want to hypnotize him. I just want to meet him. Um, I don't know. Not to get political, but if I hypnotize Trump... <laughs> That would be interesting. <laughs> but you have to listen to me. And he's like, I listen the best. No one listens. No, no, no. You shut up now. I listen no, no, no. You don't. No, no. No one listens better than I listen. Shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, he would be the celebrity. <laughs> I'd have you ever met any other hypnotists? Oh, yeah. I know Zach. Uh, Zach's seen my show once. I haven't seen his show in person yet. Um, I... I I had mentors. My mentor is Salish. Uh, there's a the guy who, I when I divorced magic in my heart, Dr. Steve Tallman was a chiropractor who also did hypnosis. I've learned a lot from him. Uh, yeah, I, I've got, you know, I don't know. There, my wedding was crazy because I had three hypnotists in my wedding. I had like five magicians. I had jugglers. At a source, that sounds fun. <laughs> and they weren't performing until the drinks came out. Like <laughs> once we were drinking, he's like, "All right, all right, watch this! Ah, ah, fire!" And then there were fireworks, and we we're like, "Who, who has a wedding like this?" And I'm like, "It's my fault. I'm sorry." Do you like magic better or hypnosis better? Uh, my muscle for doing magic has gotten so weak. Like I can do a car trick for for people that don't know magic. But uh, hypnosis is so much better. That's a good question, though. Like, if you told me, like, Chris, you have to sit through a bad magic show or a bad hypnosis show, I, I would, uh, I don't know. I, I would probably choose a bad magic show. Yeah. Because <laughs> then there's no fun hypnotizing. There's no fun. Like, if you both, like, went on YouTube and saw, like, a hypnosis show full like Which I have. <laughs> and, yeah, right. And and you don't say who you're watching. You could say this was the routine. They were hot. They were cold. Good mm-hmm. smell. Bad smell. Movie theater. Sad movie. Happy movie. Dance party. Roller coaster ride. Where's my belly button? Forget the number five. And you say, yeah, I saw that girl. And you're like, no, no, I saw that guy. Like it's the exact same thing. And so I promised myself I would never do those routines. Yeah. So that was my next question. What did what makes you different than any other hypnotist? I'm black. No. <laughs> uh, my mentor is is an Indian Canadian by way of Fiji, and he's darker than I am. And and so I know there are maybe I know of three black hypnotists in America, but there aren't that many. Uh, I my second show ever, third show ever, a young girl said, "You're the hypnotist, right?" And I was like, "Yes, I am, little lady." And she's like nine, 10 years old. She goes, you're going to make them good smell, bad smell, da, 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 and said my entire set list. 
And I was like, yeah, that's right. And she was like, I know. I've seen one before. And she walked away. She wasn't being cruel, as kids are. Yeah. But I said, I, you know, why would she stick around to see the exact same thing she's seen someone else do? So then I was like, let's never do those routines, Chris. How, how long is your show on tour? Or is it different every night? Uh, I think the contract says I should do 90 minutes. I've learned no one likes looking at one person for 90 minutes. <laughs> like it's real egocentric to think someone wants to stare at you for 90 minutes. So uh, at 70, I try and pull it, even if it's awkward. If I'm like mid routine, I'm like, all right, you guys are great. I'm going to unhypnotize them. You get your friends back. I'm peacing out. Uh, but 60 to 75 minutes usually, yeah. Is this your first like college tour you're, you're going on or have you been on before? So I've been doing colleges for the 10 years I've been doing this professionally. So when I hit America's Got Talent, everyone's like, oh, he blew up after America's Got Talent. I'm like, door is open. I'm not going to mm -hmm. lie. But I, I was doing, you know, <laughs> shows for seventeen to $2,000, $1,700, $2,000. And then America's Got Talent happened. They're like, good news. We got your show for $2,200. And I'm like, like so were you trying to get like you're I'm assuming you go on America's Talent, you weren't trying to get famous or anything. What no. was your objective when you were going on that show? I, I just wanted to do a thing and say that I could do it. I also wanted to to help people like the after America's Got Talent, uh every I literally got a thousand emails that night. And it was uh, help me lose weight, help me quit smoking. And I was like, all right, fine. Help me nail biting. I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, I'm an alcoholic. And I was like, oh, it's getting dark now. And people are like, I have post-traumatic stress. I'm depressed. Uh, make my wife love me. Just all this stuff. And uh, I went a little crazy. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was like, I, I can help them all. And my friends, my family had to be like, you can't. Mm -hmm. And like, Remember, the last person who had to save the world and said we can all get along and love each other, they crucified him. Like, they crucified the guy who said, hey, let's all help each other. And they're like, we don't like that attitude. <laughs> so I had to pump the brakes a little bit. No. Because when I said, when I contacted you and I told her that we have you, um for the podcast she's like you're such a liar i don't believe in i believe it and i was like why don't you believe it so wait you're calling her a liar because uh you don't believe in hypnosis or you didn't think that i would do it or both both, both. you're like you're, you're full of shit jones you're so full of shit <laughs> again i don't know with all this I, dude, again, I don't know is totally acceptable. It's a great thing. Uh, yeah, there's so much fake stuff. It, it helps if you see it live. Mm -hmm. Like, I love David Blaine. You all know David Blaine. You're kind of young for him. No, no. His first special, he's a magician. His first special was when I was in sixth grade. And I was like, this is all I want to do. And he would do things for people on the street. Like, if, if you said, pick a card it's in your back pocket. You would think, oh, if I was there, he couldn't do it to me. But then he would do it to people on the street. He did it to like uh, football players, like Deion Sanders. He did it for people, real people. And then his last special, he was with Kanye West and Katy Perry. And he, he pulled an alligator out of her purse. And uh, so you're like this, I, I mean, he did a show for the smartest person alive, rest in peace. That's funny sentence to make. Um, the astrophysicist Stephen Hawking's, he did a car trick for him. And he, he said, that's incredible, David. Like, if you think you're smarter than the astrophysicist, that's fine. You're not. <laughs> he fooled him. And the smartest people are so easy to fool. Marvel Victorian lived in uh, my dorm when I was in college. And I was like, I'm gonna do a car trick. Here's a car, take one, put it back. I put it back in the middle. It's on top. And she goes, that's incredible how. And I'm like, I lied to you. I didn't put it in the middle. It's on top the whole time. Yeah, I would have been like that too. <laughs> She's like, well, why did you lie to me? I'm like, it's a trick. She's like, oh, that's cheating. I'm like, that's what magic is. <laughs> so if you weren't like a hypnotist or a magician, what do you think you would be doing? At this phase of my life, 
a uh, big focus is, is trying to be a good dad because I have an eight-month-old, uh, trying to be a good husband. And you have to try to do those at the same time. Uh, you know, sometimes the priority switches. It should always be, you know, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's real. Um, other than that, I'm doing sports hypnosis now. So I'm helping athletes get over their fears and lock into the zone when they're nervous or anxious because that's that's some cool stuff. So what is hypnosis used for besides just like the fun of it, I guess? Yeah. So here's Steve Tomlin. This is the guy who taught me. It's called Unhypnosis. Uh, how to wake up, start over, create the life you want. Yeah. Name the best uh, tennis players you can. Go ahead. Don't know any. Oh, wait. Serena Williams. Of course. And can you name the best golfer you can think of? The best what? Golfer? Golfer? Yeah. Don't know any golfers. That's okay. Oh, yep, Tiger. No. Um... Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. <laughs> so in his book, he talks about meeting a hypnotist. And uh, right here, on the couch, for an hour he spoke to no one, just practicing in his mind exercises Dr. Brunza taught him. Like, Dr. Brunza was his hypnosis coach. And it just teaches you how to visualize on the task at hand. So you set the Williams sisters. Here's one inner game of tennis. It, it just teaches you how to like focus on when you have 10,000 people like saying you suck, another 10,000 saying you're awesome. Who's right? Mm -hmm. You focus on what you already know. You say, I'm just going to play my game. I'm going to do my thing. And the, if they beat me, that's fine. But if I compete the way that I can, I'm unbeatable. Same thing for like your academics. You, you, you have someone who's a good student, but they're a bad, bad test taker. You can hypnotize. Uh-huh. Um, and who told you you're a bad test taker? Uh, everyone and, and including, like, herself. including myself. Yeah. Okay. So if you told yourself you're not a bad test taker, if you told yourself you know, I'm actually really good at focusing on the test and I'm good at blocking out distractions and I'm good in the classroom. I'm, I'm more confident at taking this See, That's the thing. I don't think like that. Cause I guess it's also my confidence as well, but I always have, always, okay, I go into a test thinking I'll be good at it, but then I vomit. Okay. Is there a skill that you have now that you couldn't do last year? Um, your podcast. Yeah, so I was just about to say, I guess speaking in public speaking, mm -hmm. I was always not great at that. And so. when you saw yourself getting better, was it a flat line and you're better, or was it like exponential growth? Uh, I would say a flat line and then go up. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's real. There's a real learning curve to whatever. So mm -hmm. if I told you. You know, you're going to take this test, you're going to take this test, and then you take a practice test. So what were you feeling? What do you feel when you take a test? Anxious, nervousness, like maybe I don't know what this test is going to be on. or like oh, What happens when you are taking the test and you see an answer you know the answer to and you're confident about it? She second guesses. I, I always second guess myself. Okay. I do that too. Do you think that this is a permanent state? You will always be a bad test taker? Yeah. Okay. I disagree with you wholeheartedly. Twofold. When you're my age, you're 35, you're not taking tests anymore. Well, yeah. And two, I learned in grad school how to learn. The only time in my entire life I had straight A's was my last semester of grad school. And I was like, this is crap. Like, where was this knowledge a while ago? Like, I knew I was going to graduate and I just learned to relax. And I had a 4.0 and I was like, that was it? It was like a whole new type of cheating. I learned a few new mnemonic devices, a little rhyming things. I, I, I knew I was, I was going to be successful. I was going to graduate. So if you want, we'll, we'll work on some things later. But Yeah, because I'm going into the medical field. I'm become, going to become a physical therapist. And like that's all knowledge oh, and testing. Yeah. And that's what I'm scared of, like, you have to get good grades in order to pass like this whole big test. And like, you know, uh, let, let, let me give you this, whatever you're going to do, it's going to work out. Uh, my buddy, 
I went to school to be a PT. I wanted to help people. After my dad had his hip surgery, I saw them doing rehab and I was like, oh my God, I want to do this. I'll meet mm -hmm. people. I'll come to wherever they are and I'll help them wherever they are. I'm just a cheerleader with some medical knowledge. Having said that, they said it's going to take five years and you can't play a sport. And I said, no, I'm an athlete first. I'm not stopping my sport. And then I ended up being in grad school and college for a combined total of seven years. So I should have just shut up. <laughs> my buddy Sam, who's now a doctor, he was going to be a PT and uh, or like a whatever. He, he was going to be a physical trainer, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then he didn't get into the program he applied for and he was all depressed. And then a week later, he applied to a more difficult program. He got into it. And he's like, dude, I went from like squirting water bottles into the quarterback's mouth at the game to being the doctor on the sideline. So if you can have the end result in mind, it makes it easier. Like this test is a speed bump. That's all it is. This clinic is a speed bump. But if you focus on, I'm going to see myself working with people, it's going to be fine. That helps. Oh, yeah, you, I wait, guess. <laughs> you drive? Yes. Yes, we both do. Okay. Uh, sorry to put all this on uh, Rachel. No, no, back, but she's like, I can't do something. I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> you don't talk to me and say you can't do something. Rachel, um, you're. You ever get a flat tire? No. No, we haven't yet. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, if I'm going to work and I get a flat tire, I think, well, I'm going to jack up the car and I'm going to change the tire and go to work. There's not, oh, I'm going to live here now on the side of the highway. Focus on the destination. Whatever happens, oh, I ran out of gas. I'm about to run out of gas. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go where I have to go. So your test right now might be a speed bump, but that's why you have a spare tire. That's why you have a jack to car. That's why you have triple A. That's why you have tutors. So that's my story. Okay, Becca's got a lot of problems too, so. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, what, what's the one thing you would do? I, I gave you a magic wand. I let you snap your fingers. You hypnotize yourself to do anything. What would you do or change anything? Look, it's all smiling at each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. What problems do I have? Oh, You're I like, I'm, perfect. I'm the perfect twin. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the perfect twin. Uh, no, she's not. Um, oh, I could have changed 5,000 different things right now. For, not for you, for me, for uh, some. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I could think of a thousand things. I, I really don't know. And she was always the better twin, so it's okay. Twins are fascinating. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I had a couple buddies that were on the track team together, and they raced against each other once, and they were like mirror image, neck and neck, and it was the coolest thing to watch. But one was always like, ah, oh, he's a smart one. Ask him. And the other one's like, yeah, you can ask me. Yeah, no, that's true. She's a smart one. So what would you be? Me? Not Rachel. Uh, like as a career wise? No, 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 no. If she, in your words, is the smart one, are you the, the heart <laughs> empathetic one? Um, I don't know what I would be. I don't know. I, I've always had that in my mind where she was always the smarter one. Um, I guess like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I would be in this thing that we have. <laughs> okay. Well, remember, you know, we whatever story we tell ourselves is a story we're living. Like we put on sunglasses and that's your filter. So if your sunglasses are, I'm a bad test taker, take those off. And you could have the perspective of, look how smart my sister is. You know, we have 99.9% .9 of the same DNA. That must be, I'm that smart too. Like we are from the same tree, just different branches. I actually never thought of, thought of it that way. Because yeah. it's wonderful. Like, oh, I'm going to screenshot this. You two are a mirror. 
And I'll send that to you. Like if, if you see her being brilliant and intelligent, see yourself like that's a reflection of me. I never, I never thought of that way before. Well, yet again, we don't have that much of a confidence either. So it's, <laughs> we just gotta work on it. Do you have other siblings? We have an older sister and a younger brother. Of course you're the middles. Of course yeah. you're the middles. Of course you're the middles. Yeah. I was the baby. I am the baby. And so I got all the confidence. All the so you probably got everything. And my <laughs> wife is a middle child. And uh, I have a cousin who's a middle child. And I, I, you know, I don't, I try not to scream at people. I know screaming doesn't work for me. But I do want to like shake her and say, you are awesome. What is your problem? Why aren't you listening to me? Like, have some of this extra confidence. So how do you, how are you that, how are you, how are you confident? And like, I don't know how to put it, I guess, in a way of, were you always that confident in yourself? Or like, was it a no. process you had? No, it wasn't cool to be light-skinned black back in the day. Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods. Uh, I can't think of any other cool light-skinned black guys when I was growing up, you know? Uh, it, it was kind of Tiger Woods, maybe Lenny Kravitz. And, uh, you know, I wasn't dark enough for the black kids and I was, you know, too dark for the white kids. I'm just hanging out in limbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my confidence comes from, you know, my parents and looking back at the small accomplishments. So good news, if you don't have a lot of confidence, you're climbing up the mountain right now. And at some point, people are going to say, look at all you've done. And you're like, holy crap, I'm on top of a mountain. And you can go, look at me, I'm on top of a mountain. Or you can say, hey, come up here with me. And in my opinion, if you don't say, hey, let me help you get a perspective of you, you'll go down the other side. Do you have any questions? I was like, why are you looking at me? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just amazed with all like that you've done and like the hypnosis uh, world and stuff like that. Thanks. Um, and and to, to the credit, I don't know how to phrase that. I have a manager. She tells me where to go and she tells me, uh, the first time I was on national TV, I was on Steve Harvey. I was like the second time, mm -hmm. I had a hole in my crotch. Cause I was wearing my comfy jeans and she's like, Chris, you can't wear jeans with hole in the crotch. I'm like, I didn't know they were just comfortable. She's like, no, they like had to blur out your crotch on the Steve Harvey show. My Alex, Alex is my manager. And she stood up next to me at my wedding. She was my best person. Um, yeah. It, the stuff that I do is cool. I have a skill set, but she's like, Chris, I got you this. I connected you to this. And it's not in a braggy way. Like that's her job. She's like, mm -hmm. I, she thinks I can do anything. And I'm like, oh, I can't, uh, it's, you know, it's John Cena, I'm scared. And she's like, Chris, you've done this a thousand times. So you should have someone in your corner to remind you that, that you can do this. Okay, so we just finished the interview with um, Chris Jones, who's the hypnotist. How do you feel after this? Because you were very skeptical before we even got on the Skype call with him. I'm still a little skeptical only because I have to see it to believe it, like I said. If, because like I said, YouTube videos, videos can manipulate you in any way, but listening to him and the way he said, multiple shows, not a lot of people got hypnotized. I kind of believe it, but again, I have to see it to believe it. I have to be hypnotized. Even though he, do you still, because he did say in the interview, Howie Mandel's, thing was genuine he was actually hypnotized do you believe that I believe that because like because everyone knows Howie has OCD problem and he doesn't like touching hands and he touched so many hands when he auditioned so I believe that and for me I believed it believe in it I shall say even before um this interview because of uh, because of Zach Pinson's he's one of my favorite YouTubers as a hypnotist and um I forgot to mention he said happy birthday to you because and he even told me like once I hit a thousand subscribers he would hypnotize me but because of who 
because of you. You you made you made that happen. But um, if he could do the interview with us, I would be like dead on the floor. But um, I don't. I would be dead on the floor if Justin Bieber was on this podcast. <laughs> so I definitely believe it, um, and I believe it even more after talking to him and you know and seeing that he can not just hypnotize people for the fun of it, but he can kind of hypnotize people to break a habit or gain athletics or, or gain more confidence. Like, especially for me, mm-hmm. I'm going to be talking the podcast of being more confident in test taking and like not always thinking negative about it. And, and you know, like, I definitely believe that. And I hope I can do better at it after all of this. Um, and if you guys want, we're going to post the video on our YouTube channel of the Skype call, but he did, a mag- kind of magic trick with a coin. And, and we, I don't think he realizes, but we were like, we looked at each other like, what just happened? And we know it was in his hand, but because he was so fast at it, we didn't see it. And I didn't realize he was a magician until he said that. So that's kind of so pretty cool. I knew that because I did research. This is why you do research before. But, yet it, but that's pretty cool that he was a magician and then he got into hypnosis and the way he grew up with be trying to be a hypnosis, hypnosis, sorry. And just his journey from Eric's Got Talent. And, you know, I we both knew already what the process of Eric's Got Talent was just for the sake of we've been watching it for long and we have auditioned before. Um, I mean, not making it, but, you know, just knowing what it was. And um, so if you had the chance to get hypnotized by Chris Jones or Zach Pinsons or whoever, would you get hypnotized? I would say yes automatically. Would you? I, I think I would. I, I, you would I, probably have to see me do it first. Uh, yeah, I had to see it to believe it again. But again, thank you to Chris Jones for yes, being on the so podcast much. with us. It, it was amazing. I knew I know I didn't talk a lot, but I was just getting all the information he was saying to my head. And I the reason why I talked a lot, Rachel, personally talked a lot, just because I was so interested in it, I guess. Um, I mean, I was interested, yes. but I was also taking in the because you conversation yeah, you knew I knew a little bit more about hypnosis than you did mm-hmm. prior to this. Um, not just because I did in, uh, research for this interview, but just because of Zach and I looked at I've been watching a bunch of hypnosis mm-hmm. videos and stuff like that. So again, thank you so much for him. Um, thank you. I would love him back on anytime he wants to come on. Yes. Exactly. Like he's welcome on this podcast any day. Yeah, so make sure you guys um, listen to our podcast on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we'll li- um, we'll also go on our social media TikTok to de- um, do a link for the YouTube video. Will be for this video for the Skype call. And don't worry, we have a lot more special guests coming up. This is just the start of it. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next Sunday at three o'clock.